This is AJ Bingham, CEO of The Bingham Group. I want to give a personal thank you to the Lowy Law Firm for their podcast sponsorship. The Lowy Law Firm is the premier personal injury law firm in Austin, having recovered tens of millions of dollars for their clients since 2005. Now on with the show. Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. Today's episode is brought to you by the Lowy Law Firm, delivering top-notch customer service in the Austin area. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Our guest today is Dr. Liz Trong, MD, the co-founder and chief clinical officer at Cloud9, a health healthcare startup. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you, AJ. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, uh, we first connected um, when you were a involved in the Mass Challenge Texas program. That wrapped up, what, a few months ago in the summer, mm-hmm. right? It sure did. Great, great. Now, how's that going? Are you all still involved with the program, or did go make the next round or good question so the program um was about four months and they really helped us to meet a lot of people in the community like you aj as well as other folks that could really help us scale our business um i believe the program was four months long um, so we ended up winning a, a platinum award at the end of the accelerator, which mm-hmm. is really exciting. Um, but again, the the program is over, but the relationships that we've built have continued to last, and they, like I said, are helping us to continue to grow as a, a company. Very good. So bring it back to your topic of today's show. <laughs> uh, we're talking. You know, we have you on. There's Cloud Cloud Nine. What interested me and intrigued me about the, their service. It's involved in the in the telemedicine telehealth space, which you know in recent years has really started to. Uh, take hold, especially around issues around mental health. And the number of services I've seen that I know my friends use um, where you can you know, dial in to, to get a, a therapist or someone to talk to for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, or it may be. And you know, the, the ease of convenience of being able to do it in your home, I think is something that attracts a lot of people. Um, there are larger issues that affect communities, um, particularly around law enforcement, um, that I wanted to, to really talk to you about. You know, APD, or the city of Austin had an audit of the Austin Police Department several months ago in September um, that really detailed some of uh, the challenges that law enforcement faces in dealing with mental health and, you know, just some of the bridges that can be connected that can help better facilitate that. So I'd love to talk to you about that and get your take on the audit and really get into what Cloud9 is doing um, in the community, what it wants to do. So we can start with what your background as well? Or? Yeah, sure. We can start with my background. I am a licensed psychiatrist and psychotherapist. Um, now I am the co-founder and chief clinical officer at Cloud9. We are a mental health, as you had mentioned, technology company. Um, in addition to being the co-founder of Cloud9, and we'll get into more of that a little bit later, I'm also involved with the Texas Medical Association as well. So um, one of the largest um, medical state societies that uh, works with policy and regulatory bodies to allow for a good practice of medicine. Mm-hmm. And their vision is to provide health care and improve health care for all Texans. Um, in addition to that, I'm also a part of Leadership Austin, too. Congratulations. Uh, I saw you're in the essential class. Right? I am, yes. Um, and it's been a really awesome group um, because I get to learn about the issues that are affecting the greater Austin area. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the other leaders that I have met in, the, in this group 
are all moving towards um, not only better civic engagement, but really trying to create big change here mm -hmm. in the Austin community. So I it's know. really exciting. Um, and speaking about Austin, AJ, as you mentioned, that audit um, was really interesting. Uh, Austin, for the size of the city, it's, it has one of the highest per capita rates of fatal police shootings of people with mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. And this is across, um, I believe, the 15 biggest cities yes. um, here in the United States. So it, it's a sad story, but you know what? It also gives us a really good opportunity. It gives us a place to start and allows us to start seeing where we can better improve um, mental health care services and the interface between mental health care, uh, law enforcement, and public safety. Great. Yeah. So just by way of that, you know, what what, what was the impetus for Cloud9 and how, I mean, how do you see Cloud9 fitting into mm -hmm. some of these issues? I know when we first met, y'all had did some work with Harris County, mm -hmm. which is uh, one of the largest counties in the U.S. It's in, it encompasses Houston, the yes. Houston area. But maybe we can talk about that. and. Absolutely. So our mission is to provide mental health care services to people who need it most before they land in our ERs, jails, courts, um, or worse. And our mission has always been to serve uh, really the people who tend to fall through the cracks, people who are unfunded. It could be people with serious mental illness. It could be people who are homeless. Um, but we noticed that uh, persons with mental illness, especially serious mental illness, need to stay connected with their mental health care teams. Um, not only their psychiatrists or therapists, but all of um, all of the folks that are part of their healthcare journey. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of these persons end up going in and out of the jail system as well. It's a very broken system. Mm -hmm. And the reason they go in and out of the jail system is because a lot of times first responders or law enforcement don't have access to healthcare records, don't have access to that person's healthcare team. Um, and also they're not licensed or trained clinicians, nor should they be, right? Yeah. Um, you wouldn't expect me to go out and try to police the streets as a psychiatrist. Um, so again, uh, people end up falling through the cracks and it's really unfortunate because, because then they don't get the care that they need, but also it's very expensive mm -hmm. because when people wind up in ERs, jails, or the courts, who's paying for it? A lot of times it's our tax dollars. Yeah. Um, so it's both a human and economic problem. Yeah. And Cloud9 felt that um, to solve this, we could use technology. So we built a mobile app that allows for um, patient-centric delivered care and pulling in all the strategic care teams, including first responders and law enforcement, for full data and communication sharing. This would be EMTs as well, firefighters, and yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. Um, so not just law enforcement by any means. And what we did in Harris County, it was one of the pilots that we did early this year. Uh, we received a lot of national press on it because it was so new and so innovative. So we're really grateful, actually, that um, that Harris County Sheriff's Office was willing to take a chance on something so different and so unique. We gave our app to Harris County Sheriff's Officers so that after a 911 call, if it was identified as a mental health emergency and law enforcement officers show up at that person's home, they can pull up the Cloud9 app after talking to that citizen, that patient, um, pull up relevant data on that patient so that they have a better understanding of the situation and they can better de-escalate the situation. And if needed, that officer can dial a live mental health clinician on demand. And mm -hmm. that clinician can do a real-time evaluation for that person or that patient, again, in their own home. And that allows that person to get care and get services get connected back to the clinic, or even get medications prescribed without them having to be taken by that 
law enforcement officer or responder to the nearest ER, where again, people typically don't get care. If they do, it's exponentially more expensive or avoids, again, a, a jail visit mm-hmm. and additional court costs. Which both of those hospitals to hand the jail visits are things that usually impact the taxpayer. I think people realize that too. Absolutely. Someone's paying for that, usually the citizens a lot Exactly, of exactly. If you don't have private insurance, then the, the county, the city is paying for it. Mm-hmm. It's coming out of our pockets, mm-hmm. definitely. What, um, you know, just coming back to broadly, you know, the idea with, with startups or any company working with government, mm-hmm. um, as you're, you know, we, we talked some before the show, we're experiencing, um, it can have long sales cycles. And even the, even the ability or the desire within the to, within those different bureaucracies to adopt and adapt uh, new technologies that are mm-hmm. might be more prevalent in this, the, the mainstream society, mainstream world. Um, what what, uh, what what I guess what challenges have you faced or kind of lessons learned in in, in your path as a startup and, and dealing with dealing and working with government, right? Because Harris yes. County, there are groups out there that well, it's it ranges from people that will got through all the red tape, let's do it tomorrow, mm-hmm. to we like it, but we want to have it go through these departments and X, Y, and Z, and then you might sign in a year from now after an RFP. Yes, that's a very good question, AJ. Um, you know, as you know, the sales cycle is long. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people say working with government organizations, we're doing God's work because of all the bureaucracy and the long sales cycle. But what we've seen is that um, the problem is so big at, almost all communities recognize and realize that um, this intersection of mental health and public safety is a big problem, not only on the human side, but on the economic side. Um, So we've been lucky in a way um, that we've found a really um, important problem to solve and we have a true solution to it. So what we did when we did the pilot with Houston um, is that we structured the, the data metrics in a really good way that made sense to government so that whenever we continue to have conversations with other cities, other counties, Um, we were presenting data that made sense. So we were able to say, for instance, Harris County, almost $850 every time they used our app. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also, they saved that much money? They, they like that, that they like money. money. Yes, yes, exactly. So that, that's definitely something we learned. We were also able to reduce ER and jail visits by 22.5%. Mm-hmm. Which again, um, are costs the city incurred, or the county's incurred. Exactly, and not only the cost, but also we're saving time for those law enforcement officers. They can get back to the streets faster, um, and police, instead of um, trying to spend time playing a mental health care clinician. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really important for us. Um, to to map out before we started the pilot. You know, again, make this useful for cities and counties. Um, the other thing, too, that we've learned is that you're very right, AJ. There are some people that say, you know what, we need this, let's do this now. Um, but there is an aspect of transparency that's needed in all government procurement processes. Um, and that's great because we are um, creating things that are for the safety of all citizens, right? And so what we've noticed... Um, that really helps with that is not only do we need that champion within the government entity in order to to help us move our project forward, but we also need the help of all the people who benefit um, from a a project like this in place as well. So it's not just the first responders, it is people that are in leadership like the commissioners, the judges, um, as well as grassroots organizations like the National Alliance for Mental Illness. It's also funding sources too, mm-hmm. like the people who are um, giving grants to cities and governments as well, and, and policy and legislature. So it's um, a pretty big lift, but when everybody can take a piece of it and everybody has a voice in saying how important this work is, it helps move things forward a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Are you, um, you know, 
is there anything you're watching in the, as we go into the next legislative session that um, that uh, could benefit benefit your the business overall? I know there were some in previous cycles, in the recent cycles, there were some telemedicine bills mm-hmm. that definitely turned the needle, I believe, into for the favor of, of companies like yours. But is there anything you're watching or or um, this next session, or is it more going to be just like what's currently in the market, what's out there on, on, on paper, and just try to maintain that at least. Also a really good question. Telemedicine is in a really unique spot right now. Um, a lot of the rules and regulations, because they have been unclear and ambiguous in the past, not only on the state level, but on the federal level, has really hindered the growth of telemedicine, which is unfortunate, at least on the behavioral health side, because of the huge shortage of mental health professionals, especially here in Texas. Um, so the last like, just legislative session, the um, the laws around telemedicine were really really helpful for behavioral health. Um, we've always had a special carve out, but it uh, really legitimizes the the whole practice of telemedicine whenever we have the regulatory laws behind it. So I'm going to continue to watch um, the telemedicine laws uh, moving forward, especially on the federal um, side, honestly, because of that ambiguity. Um, the other thing too that will really help is reimbursement around telemedicine and telehealth. So um, what is happening? around FQHCs, uh, federally qualified centers. Um, So they also serve that population as well that is typically unfunded or it's a Medicaid, Medicare population. Um, And there are rules and regulations that don't allow them to get reimbursed for the healthcare um, over telemedicine. Same with schools too. Mm -hmm. Um, Schools is another place where we can really deliver a lot of services um, that can be not only really helpful to the kids and the parents, but also, again, saves costs as well and reduces the stigma around getting mental health care, transportation issues and costs around mental health care. But reimbursement really does need to support that for us to um, continue to grow in a very different way Mm -hmm. and help serve more people. Got it. Well, Dr. Liz, thank you for your time and love to get back on the show down the road. And um, until then, much success to you and the Cloud9 team. Thank you, AJ. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts. Thank you to our sponsor, The Lowy Law Firm. You can find more information about them in the show notes.